Welcome everyone to the Daily Variety Show. I'm your host, like always, Tyler Daly. And if this is the first time you're joining us, and it probably is because it's our 14th episode, keep listening because the topics change frequently and the timer is always set at five minutes and things are going to get sidetracked. So today on the show, we're going to do a fully history or quick history based show. Um, yeah. So then while we're also in the intro, so, so sorry for not having the show out on time. I am working too many hours. And if you would like a personal story <laughs> that cannot go over the air, feel free to email me and I will let you know what that story is. Because, yeah, I don't, I don't want to describe it that way. So, <laughs> moving on. Catch us after the break for the rest of the show. Today I'm happy to announce that we've brought our very first sponsor on board, The Daily Business. They're number one in the number two business. They can provide a luxury restroom trailer that is extremely nice for, you guessed it, daily, weekly, or monthly rentals. You can find them online at D-A-Y-L-E-E-B-U-S-I-N-E-S-S dot com. That's their website. Or you can email Austin directly at D-A-Y-L-E-E-B-U-S-I-N-E-S-S at gmail.com for more information on booking this restroom trailer for what you have coming up. I would also like to say... To start out, We're going to talk about Sir Roger Casement, or Roger David Casement, you know, because he was knighted. So, he was a diplomat and Irish, not iron. Jeez. Sorry. It's early. (laughs) And again, the whole hours worked thing. So, he worked for the British Foreign Office as a diplomat, and he actually was in charge of investigating some stuff, like, human rights-wise, down in Africa, so that's where he got a lot of his fame for. Um, So he was honored in 1905 for the Caseman Report on the Congo and then knighted six years later um, in 1911 for his important investigations of human rights abuses in the rubber industry in Peru. It's just insane what people used to do to other people back in the day and now. Quick history through his life, 1891, appointed as a British consul, uh, profession he worked at for 20 years. Um, he was influenced by the Boer War. Look up the Boer War if you want more info. Um, during World War One, he made efforts to gain German military aid for the 1916 Easter Rising that sought to gain Irish independence. Um, he was arrested, convicted, executed for high treason, stripped of his knighthood, and every other pretty much honor that he had. And before the trial, the British government circulated excerpts said to be from his private journals, known as the Black Diaries, which detailed homosexual activities. And, you know, them being a hundred years ago, we're not a fan of that. So unfortunately, you know, everyone didn't like him when he passed away, um, which is just insane, you know? That's not that's not how we need to live. Um, so then to specifically talk about 
you know, some of the stuff he did. Um, he went to the Congo Free State. Um, and it's very difficult to get there back in the day, 1890s, 1880s. Just because, you know, you normally got to go by boat or foot. And it's kind of deep into Africa. Um, so he just wanted to help figure out how to help, I guess. Um, he joined the colonial service after that, um, transferred to the foreign office. Um, yeah. So to specifically talk about King Leopold, um, Leopold had exploited the territory's natural resources, mostly rubber. We talked about that earlier. As a private entrepreneur, not as king of the Belgians, um, you know, just using his power. Um, yeah, they did some awful things just to get rubber. Um, after this, after he kind of looked into that, then he was tasked with, okay, now you're going to go to Peru. Very similar things there. Um, just different people doing the perpetrating. Um, you know, now that he's finished with that, he moves back to Ireland. Um, he, not that he gets wrapped up into it, but, you know, he wants Irish independence because, you know, who didn't want independence back in the day? I feel like a lot of people fought for that. Um, so, you know, he was with that and... Went to Germany um, to try and get, you know, a bunch of Irish people out of Germany that were prisoners of war to, you know, come back and help, you know, fight a different fight, I guess. Um, <laughs> he signed an agreement with Berlin, which, I mean, I guess, you know, is, how do you say, illegal or treason? Um, so to go to the Easter Rising now. Um, he didn't learn about it until it was fully developed. Um, and so him trying to get weapons and, you know, these Irish prisoners of war back, you know, proved kind of be pointless. Um, so just because the Easter Rising, you know, was that armed war, insurrection, you know, rebellion, um, that was launched, you know, but it failed, so he was then captured, um, you know, we don't need to go into why, how, where, um, but, you know, unfortunately he was then sentenced, and I'll finish up real quick, it's just very unfortunate, um, just because what this man did, and then to be executed for something that, you know, I guess a lot of people are fighting for back in the day, you know, was for freedom and independence. And now if you look at other coups or insurrections nowadays, are those same harsh penalties still being carried out? You know, it's unfortunate. See you after the break. Welcome back from the break. 
So this one's going to be about a baseball player named Ernie Shore. So Ernie has this weird statistic, not that it's weird, but he threw a perfect game slash no hitter. So originally, back in the day, if you didn't know, a perfect game in baseball is when you get all 27 people out in order without allowing any walks or hits. Nobody nobody does anything against you. You've pretty much become, you know, elite at your position for that game. Um, you know, look it up. There's probably 20 or 30 in the history of baseball. So it's kind of a rare feat. And there's been many, many more no-hitters, um, which I will explain now. So a no-hitter is when you don't allow hits for, you know, the nine innings. could be a combined no-hitter where multiple people play the game. Or, you know, you could do it on your own. Um, so, yeah, you can allow a walk. You could hit a batter. There could be an error. A few other reasons why people could get on base. So that's the short little tidbit on the perfect game and no hitters. So now how Ernie Shore falls into how he pitched a perfect game back in 1917 and how in 2021 it's recognized as a no hitter. Um, yeah. So if you've ever heard of this guy named Babe Ruth, so... <laughs> Babe Ruth, for a long time, held the home run record. He was an original um, guy that played in the early 10s and 20s and was widely regarded at the time for, you know, being one of the best, but also slightly a casual drunk and, you know, dude that smoked heaters or darts or cigarettes, you know, pretty much live on, on the field. Um, yeah, so... Now we're going to talk about the game after getting sidetracked again. So the Red Sox, they're playing the Washington Senators. Um, Babe Ruth starts the game pitching. He walks the first guy. And he then goes over to a wonderfully 1910s name of Brick Owens. <laughs> he goes and has an argument with the umpire because he's like, no. That guy shouldn't have been walked. Come on. What are you doing with the counts? What are you doing with the calls? Because there's several arguments over balls and strikes because there is a box from... It's an imaginary box as well. It's so confusing how they picked to do this. But anyways, imagine the plate... Sorry, if you don't know about sports, you're just going to have to bear with me on this one. But the plate, it's going to be that wide... And then from the batter's knees to their chest line, which is also insane because it's different for every batter. So how? <laughs> so confusing. So he's arguing balls and strikes. You always get tossed. You can go look at some great ball strike arguments and people getting tossed. Managers kicking up dirt on dudes' shoes because that's the most you can do. So Babe Ruth then gets tossed by Brick Owens and... Now he's even more upset, pissed off. He ends up punching the umpire and then being escorted off the field by a policeman. So the catcher, who again also has a great 1910s name, Pinch Thomas, he also gets ejected um, just because of the whole kerfuffle or scuffle or whatever you want to call it. So now our guy, Ernie Shore, gets brought in. We have that one guy that got walked. 
he tries to steal the base, which is running from one base to the other while the pitcher is pitching. So the catcher has the ability to throw it to the guy and then get you tagged out, which you just have to hit him with the glove and the ball before he touches the base because then it would be safe, right? So, yeah. So that guy steals. He gets caught stealing. He then proceeds to get out the next 26 Senators, and they won the game 4 to nothing. So for a long time, that was awarded as a perfect game because he got all 27 outs, right? You know, he was responsible for all of them, and he didn't put the base runner onto the base because, again, that was Babe Ruth walking a dude and then punching an umpire in the face. So now it's officially scored as a combined no-hitter because multiple pitchers pitched during the nine innings. Um, the insane part, Bayruth only paid a $100 fine and was suspended for 10 games. Like, what world could you see? Sorry, yeah, you know, Tim Tebow or LeBron James throwing a punch at an official and then only being, sus- <laughs> being suspended 10 games. And if you think about it, baseball is 162 games. So what? what is that? Like 6% of the season? I don't know. You do the math. 116th of the season. So, you know, LeBron gets four-game suspension. That would be insane. Um, so, yeah, just give you a little bit more info before we got to go. Um, he was also a sheriff. Um, he got sold to the Yankees after that. He also took off the year after his no-hitter to go serve in the war, um, which is a great thing. And he also led an effort in the 1950s to build a minor league baseball park in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And that park was ultimately named after him years later. And currently, it's the home of Wake Forest's, their college um, baseball team. So yeah, catch us after the break for the last quick history. Welcome back. So for this one, we're going to kind of trace through how I figured out some of this stuff. So we're going to start with what a parliament is because, you know, I'm American. I don't know what a parliament is. So the parliament actually is what a government has for a lot of countries because there's a certain country that they, quote unquote, ousted their prime minister recently which is just a thing that we don't do so you know i was very curious how does that happen so a parliament is just a different type of government and the parliament is actually the person or the group that chooses the person that's in charge instead of like the way we do it where we vote for like that guy and then he becomes it so they they put the person in charge so a little weird Um, so because that group votes for him, they can also vote to have no confidence or like, yeah, we don't think you're doing your job right. And then move them along. So we have a full presidential Republic. And so to move through that, um, to talk about heads of state for a second, it's slightly confusing because some people have heads of state and then other people have heads, heads of government and, They can be the same, but they can also be different. So, like, you know, here's our example. The head of state would be an example of the person that's in charge of England right now. 
So it was formerly Theresa May. Now it's Boris Johnson. You know, look it up. <laughs> so the head of state or the public persona who officially, like, you know, quote unquote, embodies a state would be the queen for England, you know? So that's a little weird because, you know, she's not in charge, but she still is like the representation of that country. So now we're going to slide into a weird, not weird, but an old tradition um, back from 1278, which is just a very long time from today. So we're going to talk about the co-princes of Andorra and how the head of state and actually for France gains an extra title when he becomes the president of France. Um, so if you don't know what Andorra is, Andorra is a landlocked microstate. So they're just a small landlocked, you know, area, I guess. So they're bordered by France to the north, Spain to the south. Um, they think Charlemagne started it. Um, Charlemagne was a pope back in like 800. Um, yeah, we'll probably do one on him later because Charlemagne is a pretty long name. But anyways, Holy Roman Empire, that whole thing. So that's where Andorra started. So in 1278, there was a treaty between the Bishop of Urgel and the Count of Foy. This arrangement still continues through the medieval times, through the whole Napoleon thing, and to this day, there's still a Bishop of Urgel that, you know, is a, is a Catholic person, and then the President of France. So they both serve as Andorra's co-princes. Following the transfer of the Count of Foy's claims to the Crown of France, so, and then to the President of France. So, if that, to explain that, the Count of Foy was like, yo, we want to be in charge. And then they were like, no, we can have a president now. So, then that's how the president gets that title because he gave the Foy title to the president. So, I don't know <laughs> what any of this means but i think it's just uh, such an obscure thing for the guy that's in charge of france to also be in charge of be named a prince by being elected um i don't really think we have anything similar to that here in the states so i just wanted to highlight something that i had never heard of and you know if you're looking for some french soccer andorra's got you know a couple of teams, I imagine. So, yeah. See you next time. Thanks for listening. And, again, sorry the show's chopped up weird. We don't have fun facts and that sort of thing. But catch our next episode, last episode of the season, coming out hopefully Tuesday. We'll see how it goes. Talk to you next time.